It's finally here. One's on defense. Bring it up. Time to put on the pads and make some noise. Good play. Good play. Oh, yeah. You ready? They're back. Your Houston Texans are in training camp, and Texans Radio is giving you a sideline pass. Welcome to Texans Training Camp Live, presented by Xfinity. Live from the Houston Methodist Training Center, here are your hosts, Mark Vandermeer and John Harris. The 21st training camp in the history of the Houston Texans starts now. Texans training camp live. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you, like the man said. And as promised, right out of the chute, we are joined by General Manager Nick Casario. Good morning, Nick. Good morning. 21st for the Texans, 22nd for myself. So nice. <laughs> wow. There's some symmetry there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Can we address something right out of the chute here sure. first? We have to address this. So I go to my closet. The you very look much first better day, than I do. <laughs> and I bring out the vest knowing... That the GM of the Texans oh, is yeah. on here, and I'm like, okay, I gotta, you know, pay homage. Uh, I wear the vest. I come out here, no vest. In the office, more of an in the office oh, okay. attire right. as opposed to a practice field. Okay. So we'll All set right. that premise. Okay, we're good. So, we're okay, good. yeah, but how about you have the long sleeves on, which yeah. is good for the sun protection, yes. and I really need to do this. I mean, yeah. my gosh, and you have the vest and another shirt on, of course. You're not gonna go vest with no sleeves because that would be a little too. Nah, that's showing off too much. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so Nick. What are we looking at today? You mentioned OTA-type practices the first two days and the ramp-up. So when will we see the team in pads? How will that process Yeah, work? that'll be Monday. So really, this is almost an extension and a continuation of some of the things that we did in the spring. You have certain time parameters that are in place as a part of the NFL's protocol. So mm-hmm. we'll get a lot of work done. It'll be similar to, I would say, the spring practice. Um, there'll be a lot of emphasis on team. The contact will be minimal, so it'll be more about timing, more about execution, more about communication, and more about those types of things. Nick, I know you addressed this, and we just want to discuss it with you, John Mechie. Uh, the unfortunate news that we got from him on Sunday before guys reported. How, obviously, you spoke very eloquently about him and getting him back from a football perspective. How does it impact the receivers, if at all? Yeah, not necessarily. I think even when you start training camp, there's things that could happen. You can have an injury during the course of training camp or something that comes up that might cause you to change course or do something a little bit different. So the focus will be on his recovery from a health standpoint, his health and well-being. That'll be the, the emphasis. Football is secondary. You know, we'll address it on our end from a football standpoint, but that's what training camp is for, to see what players can take advantage of their opportunities and put them in a position for potentially a bigger role this season. From a football standpoint, I guess we, on this side of the table, label guys slot receiver or not, and I know players can do multiple things, but you want them to be multiple, right? You want them to be versatile. I think it's a great point, Mark. You, you, You don't want to necessarily just, if a player only does one thing, that's okay, but then he better excel at that one particular right. thing. So the way the formationing goes, sometimes the formation is reduced. Sometimes he's on the perimeter. Sometimes you're inside the formation, but you're inside the formation. It might be more of a schematic type thing. So I think the emphasis is more on football players and what they can do and what are some of their strengths and how you deploy those assets. Some of it is really situationally based as well. When you look at where the league is, it's I'd say a – multi-defensive back league so even against 12 personnel or detroit or even against some regular teams are playing some nickel defense so it's just a matter of who's in that extra spot whether it's a linebacker whether it's a safe uh, excuse me a uh, secondary player and then when you get to multiple receivers 11 personnel you're going to have so how many times you're going to be in 11 where are your receivers deployed a lot of receivers are going to move around the formation some of it is scheme based some of it is situationally based so i would say you don't necessarily just want to pigeonhole a player into one particular area I would say that's really more situational specific. 
Nick, when you think back a, a year ago and first training camp here in Houston for you, when you think about where this team is now, where the program organization is now, is it where you're wanting it to go? Is it on track with where you wanted it to be when you were starting building this last year? Yeah, I think the best way to approach it is we're excited about the 2022 season. I think the commitment, the work ethic, the attitude of our players throughout the course of the offseason has been good. So now we want to transfer that in here into training camp and see if we can continue to extend that. So ultimately it will be about performance. It will be about execution. So from that perspective, I think we're excited about what's in front of us. So I think now the focus is going out there each day and trying to improve as an overall team in all three phases. What about install versus improvement and fundamental work this time of year, particularly early in camp before you get into that second week and toward the first preseason game? No, it's a great question, Mark. Right now it's a little bit more install, get the calls in, and then next week – There'll be a little bit more of a focus on individual specific techniques because when you put the pads on, it really you're talking about the running game, and I would say you're talking about pass protection and tackling mm-hmm. and finishing plays. So hand placement, body position, leverage, all the fundamentals that go into being a good football player, we'll have the opportunity to work on those things really starting Monday when we haven't had the chance to work on those going back to, let's call it when we were in pads, which was back in January. So that'll be the next step in the overall phase of a player's development. And you'll see more one-on-ones. You'll see O-line, D-line one-on-ones. You'll see receiver, defensive back one-on-one, where you can actually work on some of those fundamental techniques. So then you take the individual techniques and you apply them within a team setting. And then the scheme, we'll have our playbook in, if you will, over the first couple weeks, 85 90% of it. And then you'll pick and choose what you'll use in the preseason games. And then once you get to the regular season, it'll be about specific things against that particular opponent and how we're going to use the resources we have. You know I'm going to ask you about rookies. You just know it. Every conversation <laughs> Favorite with us, you topic. Know, I'm sticking it in there, the rookies. But I think it's important to training camp because they've never been through this. They might have done it at Auburn or LSU or a big-time program, but it's a different feel. I was talking to J.J. earlier, one of our interns, and he was like, whoa, this is different than OTAs. How do you help the rookies? And even some guys that are going through the first training camp, how do you help them manage this? Absolutely. It's about education really more than anything else and having the resources available in the building. So we have a lot of people in the building that kind of help facilitate their movement throughout the course of the day. If they have a question, hopefully we can provide them an answer. I think the big thing with any player, specifically rookies, is just establishing a consistent routine each day. Even within the context of you're going to practice, then you're going to have an off day. So what do I do on my off day to maximize my recovery? There's some extra work I can do. I can anticipate what the install is going to be for the next day. So it's really more about personal accountability and commitment and your work ethic and your attitude and just being smart uh, with and, and diligent with the time that you have. You just have more free time as an NFL player, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have less time. So you have to just use your time wisely and figure out a routine that works for you so that you can optimize your performance each day. Nick, the old cliche is this time of year, defense should be ahead of the offense because they're looking to destroy something and the offense is looking to create something. Where do you stand on that? How accurate is that? (laughs) Yeah, the reality is each side of the ball is going to make good plays and we're going to have bad plays. And so the idea behind practice is go out there, run plays, execute the plays, go back, review them. If there was an error or a gap, Let's figure out what happened, understand why, and then here's what we're going to do to fix it. And then those good plays kind of keep stringing them together. But when you're working amongst yourself, somebody's going to have the advantage on a particular play. If we turn the ball over, then it's either the defense created that turnover, they took the ball away to use Lovey's term, or offensively we gave it to them. So if we gave it to them, 
all right, we have to be more conscious of taking care of the football. So you're looking at everything. You're looking at both sides. I think from Lovey's perspective, even though he's calling the defense, he's still looking at the offense and trying to look at the overall execution. And then you factor in the kicking game. So each day, something good's going to happen, something bad's going to happen. We're going to have to get something fixed. What you don't want to do is start to see the same mistakes over and over and over and have error repeaters. That's what you want to avoid. How important is Monday when you put the pads on, especially for the big fellas, when you haven't seen them? Like you said, you haven't seen big guys in pads since January. Now, all of a sudden, we're almost all the way to August. What's the biggest thing about day one in pads coming up Monday? Absolutely. That's real football. I mean, that's where you can measure. You can work on blocking techniques. You can work on double teams. You can work on your hand placement. You can work on leverage. Leverage, body control, body position. That's how football is played. Can you defeat blocks? Can you get off a block? Can we move a defender on a double team block and then allow entry point for the back? Those are the things that you're going to have the opportunity. And you're really, your body and your mind are going to go through a little bit of an adjustment period. It's just psychologically you have a little bit of extra weight. You've been running around in shorts. You have your helmet on. You have the guardian caps on. Now you're going to add shoulder pads. You're going to add lower pads, knee pads, thigh pads. It's a little bit extra weight. So it's going to take some getting acclimated to and adjusted to. So that'll be probably first and foremost what everybody's thinking about nick i know you want to run the football better you have some familiar faces on the offensive line you have some new faces on the offensive line this blocking scheme how different is it from what we saw last year what are they working on now to change and improve in that category yeah running the football it's about the offensive line it's about the tight ends it's about the back so it's about creating entry points about creating angles it's understanding the front it's understanding what we're trying to accomplish on the play so that's where really kind of the focus and the emphasis will be. So in order to run, the, in order to be a good offensive team, you have to be able to run the football to some degree. And conversely, on the defensive side of the ball, you have to be able to stop the run. So being able to run the ball, being able to stop the run, playing physical and playing good in the kicking game, those are components that can win to potentially giving you opportunity to be a decent team. So we need to improve in all areas. I would say that's an area we can only go up. So hopefully we can make some progress. In, but it's a collective effort. It's the backs. It's the offensive line. It's all those. It's the five of them. It's the fullback if he's involved in the play. It's the tight end. So it's a communicative effort, and it's a collective effort, and it just takes more than one person. Nick, you mentioned something earlier that maybe fans are not familiar with the guardian cap. The NFL has taken a huge stance in safety, and if you're out of practice, you're going to see the players looking a little bit different because it looks like they got a gizmo helmet on and like wait what is that what is the guardian cap and why was it brought into play this year Yeah, great question actually there's a few teams that kind of experimented last year kind of on a pilot basis yeah. but it's an extra layer of protection on their helmet that goes on over the top of their helmet so the offensive and defensive line and the linebackers kind of the front seven what it does it helps minimize the impact of contact so even though it looks like it's a big balloon on their head it's really for their health and safety and when there's a collision so if two players both have the cap and there's some kind of collision it minimizes the percentage of the actual impact of that hit so if you have a guardian cap with a non you know offensive line blocking a safety and mm-hmm. there's so even though the defensive back doesn't have the cap there's still a reduction in right. the overall impact so the league has been very proactive on health and safety, and it's really for the benefit of the players. So that was the institution of that particular device. All right, Nick, we know you need to watch practice. One more for you. Where will you go from here? Where will you watch practice from, and what are you looking for first? Is there an area you want to float to first? Yeah, once we get to the team period, so stand behind the drills and just kind of watching the play yeah. and just kind of go following the script, looking at the play call, what's the assignment, who executed what. Are we taking away from your throwing time right now? <laughs> no, I think I might be retired from throwing. 
growing, so I'm getting too old for that. <laughs> don't so. say it. No. Don't well, say I would it. say this. Whenever we bring a player in to work out, if we have to throw to the player, then I'll handle that. So okay. I've to worry seen you throw that. up plenty of produce. Loosen up the wing. Let's yeah, go. get it ready. All right, Nick, thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Nick it. Nick Casario, general manager, Houston Texans. Great to have him on, as always, as it's Texans training camp live, and we're going to keep it right here. Got a big crowd of media right in front of us. I mean, this is a throng of media. The first day of camp is always really amazing. Actually, all of camp is. But the first day, I think you get a little extra. You might get some TV affiliates from San Antonio, yeah. Austin. They come in. People come in from all over the state because an NFL team is hard at work here. We see Mills slinging it in on-air drills to the receivers right now. But can we address a good elephant in the room? You right, remember last year? All right, go all ahead. All these people were here, but they were doing one thing. Wearing masks? No. Oh. They were filming one particular player who oh, never yeah. played it down oh, last year. Oh, you know year. what? I did I did the Watson walk today yeah. because I walked along the end zone did, yeah. on field one. Mm-hmm. The did south you yell at Berman on the way? No, I did not okay. yell at Berman for – stop filming me, Berman. Yeah. No, I didn't have to say that because he yeah. wasn't. Yes. Uh, I went through the gauntlet. It's a good gauntlet. The mm-hmm. gauntlet, I call it, of fans lining up down the stairs from the bridge that should be called the Battle Red Bridge – uh, but from the North Bridge that goes across Kirby, and people who have been here to camp are familiar with this scene. Fans line the, the little yes. alleyway that the players walk through. Now, if I'm walking through alone, Johnny, they're mm. asking for autographs and stuff, but it's fun and signing the ball yeah. and taking pictures. Uh, if I'm walking through with players, I become much less oh, yeah, important. Yeah. And if I want to get through fast, I get behind a wall of players, and I just duck down low like I'm carrying <laughs> the ball, and they're lead blocking for me, yeah. and there's no problem at all. So that's how I handle the good gauntlet, as I call it. Well, I wouldn't want to be a player that was walking through there, and they're calling for you and not them. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that would kind of work the opposite way yeah, from that Am I going to make this team because yeah. they just – they went for the older guy, who, and I don't <laughs> even know what he does. Signals, you know, I don't know. Certain players who who like know me right away, like D'Amico Ryan's, like knew who I was right away. You know, yeah. I respect that, of course, because it's me. But seriously, like they have an awareness; they see the whole right. thing. Because little old me, uh, if they're aware of that, then you know they're aware of a lot of things, right? Yeah. I mean, from that perspective, last year's training camp was so different mm-hmm. because there was such a focus and. I, I walked over at 7.30 in the morning. I walked over because Nick was uh, going to be meeting with the media, and I wanted to hear the, the first few questions to juxtapose it to last year. Okay. Because last year, the first three or four comments oh, and yeah, questions were right. all about Deshaun. He and this year, any. he walked in and he answered a question, or he talked about John Mechie, and then he answered, I can't remember, one question. I think it may have been uh, dealing with the Darius Anderson situation. Talked about that. And then the rest of them were football questions. Hey, what are you doing about this? How does this look? And it was so different because the first 30 minutes last year were, well, what are you going to do? How are you going to go about it? What's this? It's a legal situation. And it was just too much. And he's over there answering football questions. And that's kind of why I asked him the question. I don't want to say it. But if you think about where he was, he's going into his first training camp in Houston. He's -hmm. putting this thing together. He's got this huge huge just burden of what do you do with that situation and maybe he didn't feel it because you just do your work and you you go but i can imagine just the sense he had with that coming into this camp that's not there that's not here uh and you said it on radio last night there's they're just i don't want to say this is camp feel good but in some sense the vibes are so much better than they've been for a number of years 
And I love that. You can come out here and you can watch ball. You can talk about ball. You can talk about the players. You can talk about what's going on as opposed to if you're a media member, the first 10 tweets are all about, well, Deshaun took a left foot before his right foot. Um, Deshaun's playing safety with scout team. Like, you don't have to go through all of that. So it's freeing and gives all of us clarity. And now that it's over, I won't mention him ever again. Ever again, we move forward in 2022 going forth. All right. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to hold you to that. You know, I believe you, though, Johnny. I don't think I could stay away from it because when the suspension comes and how that affects things and the draft pick and all of that, and I've been watching the videos, as everyone has, from the Lake Erie shores. I don't want to get into that right now, though. Let's get into this. So we brought up the Mechie situation. Obviously, Nick is right. The health, the human is the most important thing, the human aspect of this. And let's hope Mechie gets better fast for his own sake and then get to football later. But let's take this from a football standpoint, because if he was in this camp full, that would really be different. I'm watching the receivers right now, and I see year two wide out Nico Collins go to work. Johnny, give me an NFL comp on Nico Collins. And I've got one, and I want to see if I'm right about this, because I respect (sighs) your opinion. You just wrote a write-up on every player on this roster. It's on HoustonTexans.com. I tweeted it out. So you tell me, is A.J. Green a pretty good comp on Nico Collins? And, look, I'd love him to be as good as A.J. Green, but body type, the way he plays, is that pretty decent or am I missing something? I think you're right. I think A.J.'s ball skills were beyond anybody's at his particular size that we've seen. I think a guy at his size that has those ball skills is Mike Williams, but I think Nico's got a little bit more twitch, but Mike Williams' ball skills are incredible, as are and as were A.J. Green's. I think A.J., had incredible body control when he came into the league. Mm -hmm. I mean, the way he worked the sidelines, his ability to make the right catch at all times. And A.J. came into the league, uh, what's the right way of saying this? I'm not going to sit and say Nico's too nice, but I think, and I've said this, Nico needs to kind of, oh, he kind of needs to unleash, you know, the Cam Newton celebration where he's doing the Superman. Yeah, yeah, take what's yours. Nico needs to do that because when we see Nico kind of get a little burr up his saddle, like, whoa, okay, he found his Bobby Boucher and now he's off and playing. I think A.J.'s always had that when he plays. I mean, A.J. comes from Somerville, South Carolina, and he's just an absolute ball. He played safety. He loved to hit people, and he carried that forward in the way that he played receiver. That's but his ball skills and his body control for A.J. Green were just, were just incredible. But Nico's got that. He's got that ability. It, it, things have got to happen a little bit quicker, a little bit faster, and he's got to be a ball magnet at all times. So I think he's on his way to being that. A.J. Green was already that. At this point, um, and AJ Green worked the sideline like no other, and that's where Nico's really got to be a factor. At six four two fifteen, like Hop was, quarterbacks here knew they could throw the ball a yard or two out of bounds, and Hop still had an opportunity to get it. That's where Nico, that's where Nico's got to be. That catch radius can move out of bounds and be away from a defensive back. Davis mm-hmm. has got to understand that and know, hey, he's still open, even though as close as we are. It looks like he's covered. Hey, throw it to that spot. Nico can get it. But I think A.J. Green's a pretty, a pretty good comp. It's interesting. I've been thinking about player comps, you know, about a lot of you know, players in college going to the NFL draft. And it's an interesting process trying, what do you match up? And so the first thing you look at is size. And so A.J. Green does, does match up. But Nico's ball skills have gotten better. And I think that's the thing in preseason. In training camp preseason, I'm going to be looking for how does he manage the sideline? How does he work the sideline? Because Hop took that year one to year two level when he mastered that. When he mastered the sideline and how he worked the sideline with his hands and catching everything over there, that's when he went to a different level. 
All right, so we have four quarterbacks out here. Kevin Hogan missed a little bit of OTAs. Uh, I don't even know the reason. I think he had some kind of personal issue, nothing serious, I guess. I don't know. But he came back, didn't do much at the end of OTAs in minicamp, right? Right. But Hogan's out here, along with Driscoll, backing up Allen and Davis Mills. So what do you think they're looking for with Hogan and Driscoll here? Because i got to say Kyle Allen is firmly entrenched as the reserve to Davis Mills. But you're looking for a third, maybe, and maybe there's a nice little healthy competition there that we'll see played out in the fourth quarter of these preseason games coming up. Yeah, I think with with both of them, you look at what I want to use the words elite traits, but what's the trait that keeps that guy around? For Driscoll, it's always his athleticism. For Hogan, it's going to be a cerebral aspect of understanding this offense. It's pretty familiar to what he was running at Stanford, and. When you're the third quarterback, you've got to be a resource in the quarterback room for the starter. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to say to the starter, hey, look, you, you, missed, you missed this right here. And I saw this because, you know, we did this, you know, three years ago against uh, the Cleveland Browns, and this is how we did this, and this is how we approached this. You missed this. And not to say Kyle Allen can't do that, but the more guys you have in the room, especially when the starter is young, to be able to say, hey, look, this is what we're seeing. This is why we missed that play. Let's go on to the next one. So I think that's where Kevin Hogan's value is hugely important. Driscoll's is his athleticism. Hogan's is the understanding of this offense, the ability to mentor a young guy that went to his university, and that's going to play out in the preseason. If Hogan is effective throwing the ball in the preseason, then that might give him the lean. If Jeff's athleticism gives you something a little bit different, then maybe you stick with him as the number three. We know this. You're not keeping four. No you way. won't keep four. No way. You, you won't keep four. The so, only yes, way the battle ever, is for three. You'd only keep four if you had some young, I-can-do-multiple-things kind of guy. Or you had Joe Webb on the team, who we right. absolutely still adore. I will always love Joe Webb and respect him and never forget the time that he had to play the entire preseason oh, premiere against gosh. Green Bay because everybody else, well, they weren't going to play Watson, and A.J. McCarron got hurt, and Webb played the whole yep. game. So that was kind of cool. All right. We're seeing drills right now. They're running the Oklahoma drill. No, they're not. What is this drill they're doing over here, Johnny? This is special teams drill. Well, actually, it's it's special teams combined with various units, and they're just working on angles. And you'll, you won't hit anybody, but you're going to tap off. I think the most difficult thing to do in football is to tackle in the open field. Is and to that's not, what this is. Not right level here. the guy. Yeah, well, yeah. That. Don't level the guy. Don't level the guy, but also make sure, you know, there's Tremont Smith. He catches the ball. Now he's going to try and shake the defender. And defenders of all type, but you've got to be in the right position, break down, feet hot, and then tag off on the guy whichever side you're supposed to be. So if he goes to the sideline, you should tag off on his inside hip because he's going to the sideline. If he's going inside, you want to be on the outside hip. So that's what you're looking at here. I love the drills that are done without pads. I love them. I mean, I I love this drill. This is, well, as a player, I used to hate this because this is really challenging and difficult. Yeah, it's really hard. But... It still makes you better, especially tack- tackling in the open field. And, of course, they're all coaching keys. Keep your head up, butt down, feet high. Those things you learn that they're doing right now, that's what you should be teaching your guys, and I hopefully you are. even in though flag not football? T- yes. Yeah. Flag football in particular really? because that's where they can learn it. If you get in the right position where mm-hmm. you can pull a flag as opposed to being overextended, yeah. but if you have them in a good basketball stance as they approach the ball carrier – Boom, they're able to pull off actually on either, either side depending on where the cut is. So pretty exciting. These drills to me are all exciting. So you, you know me. I'm, I'm, love, I'm loving every aspect of it except for the fact that I can't see it clearly. Flag, so I'm 
a little mad at Lovey for putting the practices at 8, and I've told him, but it's okay. Flag football Lovey. coaching tip right here. Yeah. Get really fast guys on your team with great athletic ability. That's my philosophy. Jeez. In other words, I'm a better GM than I am a coach. You sound like an NIL collective. <laughs> Get really fast guys. Can you run? Okay, you're on the team. <laughs> Can you? Because the, grabbing a flag is hard. Listen. And a lot of these guys play tackle, and they'll end up just kind of taking the guy down. Sort of, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. And sometimes it's called, and sometimes it's not. Flag football. Mm-hmm. If you want your kid to play tackle football eventually, start him at flag football. And oh, play nice. it for like two, this. three years. Uh, there's no question pulling a flag is a lot harder than tackling. Yeah. And Once the, you learn how to pull a flag, mm-hmm. you'll be that much better and, being tackled. And tackling. grab whatever you can. Yes. <laughs> what, whatever whatever clothing you got, don't let go. Do not ever <laughs> let go. If you don't have the flag, don't worry about it. Yeah. I'd rather have the penalty than give up a touchdown. All right, that's it for flag football coaching tips today from Texans training camp, where, of course, there's not a cloud in the sky for the opening day of camp because – that's just the way it is here in Houston, where we love it. But Lovey has started practice early. And by the way, on Monday, right out of the shoot, Lovey Smith right here on these airwaves, walking out to the practice field. We're going to have him. So that's going to be fun to catch up with the head coach of the Texans, who will be live on these airwaves after practice as well. Landry and Lopez are going to be out here, I guess, till 2 o'clock today. God bless them. Ooh. And they'll have a player as well. Tonight at 6, we're going to have players reaction to day one everything we've seen out here at the very first texans training camp practice coming up what is john mcclain the general he's out here what is he seeing day one it's texans training camp live more texans radio is on the way what if your preferred hospital could also be your primary care provider at houston methodist we go beyond hospital care offering you everything from flu shots to well-woman exams to managing your weight and cholesterol. And our primary care doctors and specialists are connected all across the city. So whatever the need, wherever you live, we can be there for you. Visit HoustonMethodist.org to find the care you need at locations throughout Houston. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. You know what having fun your way is really like? It's never-ending options and rewards at over 50 destinations nationwide. It's Caesars Rewards. Dine at Hell's Kitchen at Caesars Palace, Las Vegas. Party the night away at Harris, New Orleans. Or bet big on table games at Horseshoe, Bossier City. With Caesars Rewards, you earn benefits for every way you play. Book your trip at Caesars.com and sign up for Caesars Rewards today. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. As of March 2022, Hyundai has won more total IIHS top safety awards than any other brand over the past eight years with optional front crash prevention and specific headlights. And here's another reason to feel safe. Every new Hyundai comes with America's best warranty. It's your journey. Own it with Hyundai. Get 2.99% APR for 48 months, plus complimentary maintenance on our most popular models with new inventory arriving daily. Visit your local Hyundai dealer, the official car of the Houston Texans. Offer ends 8-1-22. Call 469-613-0227 for more details. Houston Texans season ticket membership has been redefined. As a season ticket member, you receive benefits 365 days a year. New benefits for this season include exclusive access to events, year-round savings at the Texans team shop, access to game day experiences, and discounts on game day concessions. Don't miss your chance to join us this fall at NRG Stadium as a Houston Texans season ticket member. Visit HoustonTexans.com slash tickets for more today. More Texans Radio is on the way. 
Do you know what's great about being a Kroger Boost member? Well, for starters, free delivery on orders of $35 or more. Yep, you'll get free delivery on all the Kroger products you love. And as a Kroger Boost member, you'll get more rewards too, like double fuel points on everything you buy. Experience a new level of membership starting as low as $59 a year with Boost by Kroger Plus. Sign up today at Kroger.com. Restrictions may apply. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Ashley is proud to call Houston home. We believe your personal style makes your house a home. Discover incredible styles, selection, and quality at a price to fit any budget. Ashley has just the looks and options you need. Explore totally different styles and trends all in one place. Finding the perfect furniture and home decor makes it easy for you to create a home you love to live in. We have 12 Houston area locations to serve you. Ashley, proud partner of the Houston Texans. What does it mean to be the energy behind the Houston Texans? At Reliant, it means powering NRG Stadium and homes of Texans fans across our hometown and helping out when needed most. As an electricity provider, it's our commitment to every customer and their family, and it's as strong as our Texas roots. It's our promise today and for generations to come. Reliant, proud to be the official energy provider of the Houston Texans. PUCT number 10007. Teachers and parents, are you looking for an educational resource to keep your students engaged? The Houston Texans Toro and ConocoPhillips have partnered together to provide Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions, multiplication, division, and place value, all while having fun. Sign up today for free at HoustonTexans.com on the Kids School Program page and run your students through Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans! Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Training camp is here, and Sports Radio 610 has you covered. Instant reaction to everything happening at Texans practice every day? Check. Conversations with players and coaches fresh off the field? Yep. Regular appearances by Nick Casario and Lovey Smith? We've got it. Insider access. Exclusive content. Sports Radio 610. The Texans play here. 